so it's, it's been a while since I've, I've been up here and, uh, and preaching with you guys, and, and you can see why, right? But I'm, I'm excited to be back here. Um, I'm going to try to be, you know, fairly compact. We've had the, the child dedication. I can't, can't knock that off. It's as close as I'm going to get to this. I'm going to kind of <laughs> feel it. I feel it. All right. James, apparently, my, my four-year-old, was really excited about the idea of winning a trophy. So to put it out there, if you want to make a four-year-old boy really happy. Oh, no. Sorry. That, is that not fair? Is that not fair? All right. All right. Um, anyway. Has to be some some perk to you know. Um, anyway, so I'm going to try to be a little compact because a and we've had the child education. B I can actually smell chili through the vents. They've like strategically placed vents here in the back, um, which is a good idea. But we're going to be talking about Mark 1:29 through through 39. We've been walking through uh, early Mark. This is the season of Epiphany in the in the kind of traditional church calendar. Epiphany. The, this revelation, this unveiling of God. And so it starts with uh, the wise men, the uh, wise men kind of, kind of realizing and, and having that, that, that moment, that, that uh, revelation of who God is. It's going to end in a transfiguration. And, and so we walk through early Mark this year because it, um, it's kind of charting out this, this process of um, people kind of figuring out who Jesus was, kind of this, this early, like, who, who is this guy? It starts out with, you know, with John the Baptist, who was a really big deal. Mark says, like, all of Jerusalem went out to see him. He was in the wilderness. And we know from, from sources outside the Bible writing at the time that, like, he was a big, big deal. But he kind of hands things off, and he gets put in prison. He hands things off to this Jesus guy, uh, and then kind of all eyes are on him. Like, what, so what are you going to do, right? Now, Before we go um, too much further, I want to kind of take a minute to, to, to talk about how, where, I'm, where I am kind of walking into all of this. Because we never walk into a passage like this totally like a blank slate. So background on kind of where, where I am. I'm feeling from this last you know, month or, or so leading up here, I'm tired. I'm kind of worn out. Um, it's been that kind of year so far. Um, Meg was actually saying that in her... Uh, a co-working space where she and the kids go. They had a, a cake this last week that said, peace out January. And that's kind of how, I, how I'm, I'm feeling, right? Um, and uh, so, you know, what that's kind of looked like for me, um, there's been a lot of stress, just a lot of, you know, decisions and parenting, and like everyone in the family's been sick, feels like for the whole month. And, um, and I have gotten just grumpy and crabby and not like nearly patient enough for a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, not super pleasant to be around, ask said people. Um, and, that's, and that's been frustrating for me. Like I wish I could handle that better. You know, I wish I could, I could handle just kind of the stresses of adulthood um, better, better than that and maybe even look something that would remotely look Christ-like because that's not what anyone how anyone would describe me, I don't think, for this last, last few weeks. Now, I know that there's a lot of people here who are walking in with a lot heavier things than, than that, right? But that's, that's kind of where, where I am. Um, and that, I tell you that because it kind of affects how I come to this passage. That's kind of what I'm carrying with me when I'm, when I'm reading this. I'm, I'm, as much as I might want to look at, at what Mark is, is telling us with a you know, totally... Just look at what he's trying to tell us. Um, 
out of the corner of my eye, I'm going to be looking for, you know, what does this say about where I am? What does this say about how I can be more like Christ in the places where I find myself? So, um, but let's, let's look at the passage. So we have, to, uh, to start out, just before this passage, uh, the, the passage that we talked about yesterday, or last week, um, Jesus was at the synagogue. So he went, the first time we hear you know, any detail in Mark, he had, the very beginning, uh, when Christ first starts uh, going around and preaching, Mark kind of summarizes his message, saying uh, he is preaching that the kingdom of God is near, it is at hand, it's right, it's, it has come, it's right here, and you can enter it, so, so change your mind, repent, change how you're thinking, and believe, believe the good news. So that's, that's been his kind of message. And we see him go to a synagogue, and it, it goes well. He's, he's, uh, he's teaching, and people are really impressed um, with, he says, with the authority that he's, he's teaching with. It's not what they're used to. Then in the middle, there's kind of nightmare scenario for a lot of public speakers. He's got someone stands up and starts screaming like he's possessed like a demon. Mark says, because he was. And... Uh, and Jesus handles that like he's God, right? And now, this is right after that. So they, they leave the synagogue, and he goes home with Simon and Andrew, two people who have just started following him, people he, he knew. So what happens there is, is interesting. Right away, they tell him that, that, uh, that Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And we don't know... If they told him that, like expecting something, if they were expecting him to heal her, if they, if they knew enough to, to expect that, or if it was just kind of stating the obvious, like, oh, where, where's, where's your mother-in-law? Or it's actually a very small house. It might have been like, why is she in bed there? Um, so we don't know a lot of, of context there. Uh, Mark is really sparse on details uh, generally. But, um, but we know what he does, right? We know what Jesus does. He, he does what, what, at this point, we expect him to do. He, he takes her hand and he raises her up. And raising up there, it, you know, it's, it's very descriptive. It's, he's literally, he's helping her up. It also could be a bit of, of foreshadowing the, the language, the raising up is the same word that we'll use later for, for raising someone from the dead. Um, so we, we have a, a, a little mini resurrection scene So then he immediately, she starts serving them. Now, I will kind of automatically bristle when I read this, this passage, and I know a lot of, a lot of you are, will too in the same kind of boat. There's a lot of baggage built into that statement um, in, the, in this, this little vignette, and we, we get so little detail that it, we can kind of, it might be worse. But uh, it's actually in the, the version we read, the NIV, not even say that she starts serving them. The the word can have a connotation of of food service. So so NIV goes in and says, um, and she started to wait on them, um, which maybe sounds sounds even worse. There's just a lot of a lot of gender role baggage in this. Unfortunately, the verse has been used in the past um, quite a bit to you to point to um, or to to support like a particular view of of gender role. Right? The, it, people will point to this and say, well, look, this is 
it's saying that that's what a woman should be doing. Um, so we should probably say, kind of unequivocally, like that's not actually in the passage. You, you can't use the passage to support a particular view of gender roles one way or another. Um, that's, you know, we know that both because, you know, there's no, no language here to actually indicate that, and also because the same word, the same serve or, or wait on word is, is actually used quite a few other times in Mark. He's kind of introducing a, a theme that he's going to bring up quite a few times. And the other times when Jesus talks about it, it's either in the context of all disciples uh, or himself, right? He says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's the same, that's the same word. Now, some people will go actually kind of the, the other direction on this and say that um, since the word is, is the same root as the word for deacon, um, the servant, um, that she's actually the first deacon. And, I mean, it's, it is a nice, uh, well, it's, it's probably going farther than we can really safely go on, on the passage too. I'm going to kind of go out there and, you know, I expect Joe to stand up and correct me if I'm wrong. It's always convenient to, he's, he's actually in the back right now going, so, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm all about putting people on the spot today, apparently. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, but anyway, that's, so this is far, like literally this is all we know about the mother-in-law. So as much as we might want to go, go the other direction, there's probably only so much. Mark is probably actually telling us this, like this, this little detail is there in, in the very sparse details that Mark gives us. This was important. He, he, he makes a point to say it. And probably just to point out that she really was healed. Like this was miraculous. If you have a very high fever, that's how Luke describes the same thing. Luke giving the kind of doctor's perspective. So she's in bed with a very high fever. Uh, you don't get better right away, right? Like you have some time of, of, of rest and recovery. Mark is pointing this out to say like, like no really, like she was well enough that she could actually be up and about and doing things. She could be helping out right away. Um, there might also be a little bit of a, of a jab here um, that Mark is doing. Mark, he, he, when he, the things he, he chooses to recount in his narrative, he, he kind of takes pains to point out how the disciples don't quite get it kind of throughout the story, the disciples just don't quite get it, and other people do. So you've got James and John fighting about who will be first in the kingdom of heaven, and meanwhile, he points out that it's, it's the women who are also um, disciples who are supporting Jesus as they travel. And actually that, that word for supporting him is actually the same, the same word, the same root. Uh, and then, of course, when... when Jesus is, is on the cross. I mean, we know that the, the apostles have, have scattered. Peter is off crying in a courtyard somewhere, and it's the women who are actually nearby enough to, to see, him, um, see him there. So, so there could be some element of, of, kind of pointing out that her response is actually correct, um, whereas the, you know, the, the disciples were not. I certainly wish that Peter would have stood up here and said, like, you know what, Mom? You, you've been mostly dead all day. I'll get the sandwiches. Um, but he doesn't. And frankly, like Peter rarely does what we want him to do in any given scenario, So, especially early in the gospel. So it's not like a shock. Um, now, I think it's interesting, though, that, that 
her reaction and then Jesus' reaction to her are essentially the same. All right, Jesus walked into the house and he saw a need. He saw something that needed to be done. That something, this is just, it, he didn't go in to heal, but this is where he found himself and, and there was a need and he could do something about it. And so he did, right? And she, once she's healed, she had, she saw that there were needs and she had a way to meet that need. Whatever, whatever serving looked like in that, in that particular scenario, we don't know. But she was healed. She saw that there was a need there, and she could meet it, and so she did. Um, they're doing effectively the same, the same thing. Now, hers is less dramatic. She can't you know, heal people with her touch. Um, but she's doing what, what she can do um, in, in where she finds herself. Now, this is actually... Uh, and this will actually go on, you know, later when, when the whole crowd comes to Jesus's, uh, comes to this house, um, the same the same theme happens. This is where he finds himself. There's there's needs here, and so he's going to take care of it. Um, for the parents of young children, I think it's baby dedication day, so it's fair to you know call call you guys out. Um, I feel like this this feels kind of like most of our lives, right? Like caring for an infant, especially, it's like the epitome of meeting needs, that's what you're doing. Meeting very real, very visceral needs. It's kind of nice to know that like, that is not incompat- incompatible with discipleship. That is, that is being like Christ in this case. It's being like Christ, it's being like the example of, of the mother-in-law. That's exactly what, what they did. Uh, some of the things we might do, um, that, you know, we're not, it's not as dramatic certainly as putting on hands and, and healing, but you know, it, probably feels fairly miraculous to, to a two-month-old who can't quite make sense of his own limbs. So, you know. Um, so, yes, it doesn't stop. For, for Jesus, it doesn't stop with the mother-in-law. He, of course, the word gets out that he can heal. The whole town comes out. They wait until it's dark, of course, because it's the Sabbath, and it would be unlawful to carry people and walk a certain distance on, on the Sabbath. So they wait until it's dark, and they all get around the door. Um, so we expect this is probably a late night for Jesus, right? It, 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 there might be, might be hyperbole about how many people were there, but it was, it was a big day. And then what happens after that is really fascinating. Um, you know, after that, uh, actually, can we, can we put up the, um, well, in a minute. Um, so after the, after the healing, uh, Jesus says he, early the next morning while it was still dark, Jesus goes out by himself to pray. Um, I have some history with this verse. I've said Ted here before, but like when I was in college, I'm very much not a morning person. Um, that has never been true. I, I was the kind of kid in college who would avoid 8 a.m. classes and like 9 a.m., 10 a.m. classes because that was not really about waking up in single digits. And... Um, no, it's, it's pretty early. Um, so, of course, now I have a two-year-old that gets up at, like, six-something. Um, but I was convicted at some point, I guess, in college, probably like an university talk, uh, that I should have quiet times in the morning. Um, that, was, that was more spiritual to do. And so I, I was convicted, and I wrote this verse on, on my wall. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus 
um, went out by himself to pray. And that lasted a good, like, maybe three days. <laughs> and the verse stayed on the wall, and it just became kind of a running joke that, like, the only way I was going to see early in the morning while it was still dark, if I, if I was procrastinating a paper from the night before, um, it did not, yeah, it did not work. It turns out it was actually a bad interpretation of the passage. Uh, it's not saying that Jesus regularly did this. It's, it's actually, like, we, we suspect that he didn't because the disciples are surprised. They, they weren't expecting to find him gone in the morning. The, the word, when it says they went and found him, it's, it's, it's almost aggressive. It's like they hunted him down. Um, they're, not, they're not thrilled about this. Um, I think uh, I think it's interesting. It's, 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 not, it's not that Jesus, you know, goes out with his monogrammed Bible and his latte and Instagrams his quiet times. It's he needed, in this particular case, he needed to go somewhere by himself and, and pray. Uh, I wish I could hear a bit about what he said, like what, what that sounded like. Uh, but, you know, we, we, don't get, we don't get a lot of, of detail. Maybe, maybe he needed to reset. Um, it had been a really big day. It had been mostly positive, but a really big day. Uh, maybe he needs to uh, just have some, some kind of re, recalibrating time with, with God the Father. Maybe, maybe he needed to kind of reconfirm his purpose. You know, you know, he, he, at this point, everyone is excited. Everyone is Everyone wants, you know, wants to see him there again. He's, he's got his celebrity, but from his reaction to the disciples, it sounds like he knows that that's not, that's not where he's supposed to be. So maybe that's why when, when the disciples come and say, everyone back there, everyone is looking for you, and his reaction is, is funny. It's, great, let's, let's go that way. Let's go to the other towns, because that's, that's what I'm here for. Maybe he... Maybe he needed to kind of re, refocus, make sure that he, he had that, that focus to know that this is, real, this is what I need to be doing. The point is, um, is preaching that the kingdom of God is here, it is at hand, and that you can repent and then you can, you can be in it. You can change your way of thinking and you can walk into it. I think it's really interesting that he didn't say, let's go to other places and heal more, heal more people. He'd had this huge evening, and it's kind of an audacious thought. Um, he had just looked in people's eyes and like watched their faces light up as he, they realized that they were healed, right? Or watched people as you know the, the the loved one that they had carried. You know that burden is is lifted. You know that they can now walk, or they can now like they are they are now okay. And he'd watched that, and, and you know that that was a huge high. We know that that affected him. But he's actually saying that as great as that was, it's even better, it's even more important to let people know that the kingdom of God is here, that you can change how you think and believe the good news. So at the end of the day, maybe... Maybe that's what I need to hear walking into this passage. And um, there's a couple things that I'm taking away from this, actually. Um, first of all, that I don't need to do different things necessarily. Right? When I 
look at like the endless line of drippy noses and sick people and piles of dirty dishes and all of these things that might characterize my last few weeks, work stuff and whatever, um, it bears some resemblance to where Jesus and where Peter's mother-in-law found themselves, right? Some, some resemblance. I'm not healing the sick with my touch, but I mean, a lot of my day is meeting needs in a place the, wherever I find myself. I know that's true for a lot of people here, right? I know we have a lot of people who are involved in a lot of things, who are doing a lot of, of very good things, meeting very real needs. And the message here isn't that, that I need to do more. Um, it's that I need to do it with the right focus. Um, it's not like do something different. Um, doing the th- just doing the thing isn't the point. It doesn't make it discipleship to do the right thing thing to, to, to do, to serve people, to help. Um, at least it's not the, like the ultimate goal, right? It wasn't for Jesus either. In the same way that Jesus didn't just say, let's go and, and heal some more people. Um, it's not that he, you know, he didn't want to help. He continued to help people wherever he went. It, it says he went to, he continued to heal and to cast out demons wherever he went. But that's just not why he came. That wasn't the focus. It was that the kingdom of God is at hand and we, can, and we can enter into it by following him. He would actually go on to embody that message by, by dying and being the way to enter the kingdom of God, by following him, by, by as we'll, we'll talk about in, in baptism in a few weeks, by, by dying to self and becoming, like, changing your mind to be like that of, of Christ. So for me, the, the, the first thing I guess I'm, I'm walking away with this is doing what I do because I want to be more like Christ, to, to, to follow him, to, to participate in this kingdom of God, um, the, place where, the place where God's will happens, right? And that's true like, in so many areas of, of the Christian life, right? It's not, no matter how much I, I forget or, or tend to not, not hold on to it, um, it's not really about what I'm doing nearly as much about like, where my focus is while I'm doing it. And that's, and that's kind of the, the thing that, that I, I will always lose, the frame of heart, the frame of, of mind that I am doing things in. And then, and then second, it's that even Jesus had to spend time and, and recalibrate, to refocus, to, to regain that, that focus. It wasn't automatic for him either. And so I shouldn't expect that it was for me. Like if, if the last you know, few weeks for me has been kind of a slog and I haven't, I haven't had this focus. Of course I haven't. It's not automatic. It wasn't automatic for Jesus either. Like it, this, you need to, to do, I, I need to, to expect that this is going to take like an actual, actual doing. And, and by whatever means necessary, if it means getting up really early on a, after a really late night, or for me, maybe staying up late the night before, whatever, whatever that looks like, um, I have to expect that I'm going to need to do the same thing that that Jesus did. So, I mean, that's where I am. Um, if, if any of that is, you know, in- interesting to you or, you know, piqued your interest, you want a slightly more eloquent exposition on that set of ideas, um, that's a whole lot of, of like Dallas Willard, renovation of the heart, um, celebration of discipline. So there are places to go to get a lot more uh, detail and depth in that kind of line of thinking. But and that's, that's where I am. I'm hoping that that perhaps, you know, whether, whether that's where you are or maybe you're coming into this feeling celebratory or feeling 
you know, like you're in crisis, um, that, that perhaps that will help to remind you to, to maybe, maybe reset. Maybe there needs to be a reset, a refocus, and that maybe that takes like an actual, you know, that, is, that might take some doing. That might take carving out that time to, to spend time with God and, and get that focus back. So for now, um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray. God, thanks for letting us be here. Thanks for being the place that we can come back to. Thanks for giving us the way into this reality that is bigger than we can know and understand. And thanks for loving us and always being the one to, to touch and, and heal the, the things in us that are, that are broken, that need to be reset and refocused and, and restored back into your kingdom. And God, help it all to be in your name and for your glory. And amen.